Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Today we're going to settle an important conversation once and for all. Who is the goat? Now I'm not talking about animals. Instead, this is G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. People debate Michael or LeBron, Joe Montana or Tom Brady, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair or The Undertaker. You might be able to debate these, but God leaves no debate when it comes to Jesus being superior to all others in every way. He has been making this clear since the beginning, and during the life of Abraham, he gives us a mysterious character who he will use to make this point in a big way. Abram and his nephew Lot separated because their households and livestock were too great for the land to support. Sometime after Lot goes into the land he chose, he's caught up in a war between multiple kings. Abraham's nephew is taken captive and his property is stolen. When Abram hears of it, he defeats Lot's captors in battle and rescues him. On his way back home, the victor, with the plunder of the battle, Abram encounters the king of Salem, Melchizedek. Genesis chapter 14, starting in verse 18. And the king Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him one-tenth of everything. Now this portion of Abraham's story is interesting, not so much because of what happens in the story, but because of the purpose of this event in God's story of redemption. This story points to Jesus. Melchizedek is actually discussed more in the New Testament than he actually is in the Old Testament story in Genesis. So we turn to the book of Hebrews to teach us the truth God wants us to know. Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 19. We have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner shrine behind the curtain, where Jesus, a forerunner on our behalf, has entered, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. This Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the, God, of the Most High God, met Abraham as he was returning from defeating the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned one-tenth of everything. His name in the first place means king of righteousness. Next, he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither being beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God. He remains a high priest forever. See how great he is? Even Abraham the patriarch gave him a tenth of the spoils. Melchizedek foreshadows Jesus' character and position. That doesn't mean he is those things in the same way Jesus is, but simply that he shows us access, aspects of those qualities. It's like seeing his shadow before he actually comes around the corner and seeing him fully. Melchizedek's name means king of righteousness. He's the king of Salem, Salem is ancient Jerusalem. Salem means peace. Therefore, he is the king of peace. He is also priest of the Most High God. Now, this man is interesting for a couple of reasons. One is that we are not expecting to have this person so devoted to God that the Bible calls him a priest, and we 
only have this one little story about his life. This has led to a lot of discussion and guessing about who it is that he is, where he came from, and what God is doing. I think one lesson we learn from him is that God works in unexpected ways and is doing more in our lives and the lives of those around us than we often realize. Another interesting thing about Melchizedek is that he has no lineage, which matters because all the other priests that get the job are based on lineage. All the other priests of the Bible are qualified to become priests because they, like Aaron, the first high priest and brother of Moses, was born to the tribe of Levi. So Abraham's grandson Jacob had 12 sons, and the 12 tribes of Israel are comprised of the descendants of those sons. The descendants of Levi are known as the Levites, and God in the law gave them the responsibility of priesthood. So they became priests, even high priests, through legal requirements and commands. But Jesus, like Melchizedek, does not come from these legal prescriptions. Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. Melchizedek wasn't a child of Abraham at all, instead a contemporary outside of the heritage of Israel. Melchizedek's lineage is never mentioned in the Bible. We don't know his father or his ancestors, nor do we know his children. They get their credentials for priesthood based solely on their character. Melchizedek did die. The record of Melchizedek offers many mysteries to the modern reader. However, I don't think this was the case for the contemporary, his contemporaries. Abram knew exactly who Melchizedek was. He is not an eternal being or an angel or a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus, as many have theorized. Instead, he's a regular man who God chose to use to show important truths about who Jesus is. The reason they talk about it being an eternal order is an argument from silence. It never said he died or that the priesthood of his order passed on to another. So it is seen as him holding the post until Jesus takes it up and he will literally hold that post forever. Jesus is king, he is priest, he is righteousness, and he is peace. Let's see what else God wants us to see about Jesus through Melchizedek. Uh, verse 5. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to collect tithes from the people, that is, from their kindred. Though these are descended from Abraham, but this man, who does not belong to their ancestry, collected tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had received the promise. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by the one who are mortal, in the other by one whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham. For he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Jesus is king, priest, righteousness, and peace. But not only that, he is the greatest king, the greatest priest, the greatest righteousness, and the greatest peace. There is none better or beyond him. Melchizedek is highlighted as superior to both Abraham and Aaron, who was the first high priest. This is seen in the fact that Abraham gives tithes to him and that Melchizedek blesses Abraham because the superior is the one who gives the blessing and then receives the offering. The superiority of Jesus is a key theme in the book of Hebrews 
And that's why the author chooses to grab the story of Abram and Melchizedek. Listen to how he continues to link Jesus to Melchizedek in verse 15 of chapter 7. It's even more obvious when another priest arises resembling Melchizedek. Now he's talking about Jesus. One who has become a priest, not through a legal requirement concerning physical descent, but through the power of an indestructible life. For it is attested of him, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Verse 18. There is on the one hand the abrogation or abolishing of an earlier commandment because it was weak and ineffectual, for the law made nothing perfect. There is, on the other hand, the introduction of a better hope through which we approach God. So not only is Jesus a superior priest, but his ways, his path to the presence of God is also superior. The Old Testament or Old Covenant law was given to point us to Jesus and to the New Covenant. It was never a path for people to obey it and to become righteous and come to God. Instead, it helped people live healthier lives, and it showed them that they were separated and incapable of coming to God on their own. We need a Savior, and Jesus saves and restores us to God so that we can approach God through the gospel of Jesus. The author continues to lift Jesus above all others as he concludes his conversation in chapter 7, verse 23. Furthermore, The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting that we should have a such a high priest, holy and blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priest, he has no need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then those for the people. This he did once and for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests humans who are subject to weakness, but the word of the oath which came later than the law appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. So now we need to answer the question, why does this matter to me? To answer the question, we examine what makes Melchizedek and Jesus different. Melchizedek, like every other person, cannot make me righteous or give me peace. He was only a foreshadow or a type. He pointed to the one who can. Jesus is the king of kings, high power over all others, and high priest, the perfect mediator and link between God and men. He can make you righteous, and he can give you peace. He is the Son of God, having every attribute of God to its fullest, who became a man born as Jesus. He lived a perfect life of righteousness to give to us, died on the cross to forgive our sins, and rose again on the third day. When we believe in Him, we can enter the presence of God through Him and be restored to new life in Him and live life walking with Him every day. This is the only true righteousness and peace. It is only available through the one true king and priest of righteousness and peace. So honor Jesus as king, priest, righteousness, and peace. Abram honored Melchizedek by first receiving his blessing and then giving a tribute due him. Receive him and do not reject him. Jesus intends to do good to you. He wants to lead you to a better place and 
work in you to make you a better person. He wants to give you righteousness and peace, so receive him. Wake up and remind yourself of his promises, and then remind yourselves that those promises are yours through Jesus Christ. This is something that you have to actively work at. Study God's word to know hope through his promises. Remind yourself that those promises are yours because Jesus died and rose again for you and his Holy Spirit dwells in you. Receive his blessing and then give what is due to him. Yes, give financially like Abraham did. But Jesus wants more. He says, come follow me. He wants you. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Remember, a cross is not a piece of jewelry or a decoration, but a method of execution. He is saying to give up yourself your ways, your goals, your desires, and replace them with his. Follow him. Romans 12.1 tells you to live your life as a living sacrifice to the supreme king priest of righteousness and peace. Today, in view of who Jesus is, what blessing do you need to receive for him? Forgiveness, renewal, hope, peace? What is he asking you to give today? You need to give financially, give up sin, give up your time to serve him or spend time with him. Every day this week, I want you to attempt to answer these two questions. Spend time with him this week and, and let him show you what to give and what blessings you need to receive and be encouraged. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. and I want you to go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Uh, there, I want you to click on the Contact Us tab and just let us know you're listening and how we can pray for you and, and how we can join with you and help you walk with Jesus. Also, come and join us at 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning in person. We'd love to see you. This coming summer, June the 20th through the 23rd, we're going to be having Vacation Bible School from 6 to 8 p.m. every night. If you go to our website, once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com and click on VBS 2023. You'll be able to find out more information about that as well as pre-register your kids uh, to come and spend some time with us so we can help them know and follow Jesus this summer. Thanks. Have a great week. Love God. Love others. And tell somebody about Jesus.